This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This is a hit. I'm Jesse Cole, your host of Business Done Differently, where we get to meet successful people who look at business differently and we get to know them in a different way. Today's guest is Jamie J, the owner of Slapshot Studio and the host of the Stop the Riding the Pine podcast. Jamie has a really intriguing background. He grew up in Alaska. He was a part of the 82nd Airborne. He worked for a Fortune 500 company in marketing for 12 years, and he absolutely loves hockey. But this was one of the most fun shows I've ever done. You'll hear about virtual assistants, chatbots, and his brilliant new concept, A2D. But what stands out about Jamie is that he's a really authentic person, and it comes through throughout the show. He shares real stories about being homeless as a teenager and how he learned gratitude and giving back. His genuine attitude is refreshing, and I know you will enjoy it. So here it is, Business Done Differently with Jamie J. So excited to have Jamie J with us today on the Business Done Differently podcast. Again, excited to have you. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to get it going right now. I believe the first game is Gratitude Attitude. Thank you. And here's the thing. I believe gratitude is one of the most important things, especially start your day with gratitude. So we're going to start the show with gratitude, but we're going to twist it up a little bit, Jamie. So I want you to say something that you're grateful for, and you need to say it in a very, very upset way. Very upset way? Oh, man. Um, I am really grateful that my girlfriend made me coffee this morning. <laughs> okay, beautiful. I love it. You know what's funny? I'm actually seeing video on this and the fact that you try to get upset. We found in, in gratitude, attitude, people can't do it. You can't get upset. It's, it's great. All right. So you are a coffee lover. We'll go from there. All right. Another thing with gratitude, Jamie, listening to your podcast and actually seeing you a little bit on Twitter, you just thank your, you thank your biggest fans on Twitter. And I absolutely love this. And my question is, what got you into do that and to thanking your fans? And what if you don't even have any fans? So we'll go into that route. Oh man. Well, I think it's important to thank people that are that do things for you and help continue the conversation. And when I say conversation, I mean open conversation anywhere online. As long as a conversation can flow, um, that is, is, is very self the definition of a conversation back and forth. And I really, really want to thank people for stepping up and uh, taking out part of their in, very important time just to say thanks or to continue the conversation along. And if you don't have any followers, then start continuing the conversations for other people and thanking them for the content that they're sharing. I love it. You can even just thank your mom and dad to start if you need to as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, we are on to now excited or scared. I'm so excited! I'm so scared! So the question is, what are you working on right now that's got you either excited or scared? I am working right now that has me super excited and very, very scared at uh, my first mar uh, marketing event. And that's the reason why I'm so flipping scared is, is anybody going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. You know, Joe Calloway, we had Joe Calloway on the show, and he said they had a huge event. They had over a million uh, uh, followers that they were promoting to, literally all these big people, and they only had one person sign up for the event. So hopefully that makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it'll go well. Oh, sure crap. All right, we're, we're moving on from there. We're going to, this is a new segment, which I've never done. It's solely for you. And obviously in Slapshot Studio, you talk about crafting remarkable brand experiences. So this segment is called Brand New. And I'm going to give an idea of a business, and you have to share how you would launch it and make it remarkable. You ready for this? Oh. Oh, God. Okay. All right, we're going to have some fun. All right, it's a nachos restaurant. So it's a restaurant that all they sell is nachos. It's like the best nachos in the world. How would you brand that? How would you launch that? <laughs> Check out the latest hot and spicy sauce at the uh, uh, Bracho Nacho. <laughs> Bracho Nacho. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. We're gonna Making work. up new words. Why not? I, I, I like it. All right. Now this is going to go a different direction. You're an, you own an indoor mall, and indoor malls, you know, are dying. They're struggling. They're not getting people in. They were killing in the '90s and the early 2000s. Now they're just struggling. What would you do to make a mall more remarkable? How would you make it stand out? What kind of marketing would you do? Oh. 
how would I how would I attract people to come into an indoor mall, not online? Yes. 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 Or yeah, using your online marketing skills, how would you brand and get them coming? Okay. Does this mall? Is it just like a regular mall? Does it have adult themes or is it kids or? I, I, I've completely <laughs> made up this mall, but I love it. How about this, JB? You can make this any mall you want to make it. This is your segment. It's called Brand New. Okay. Well, if this was an indoor mall and it was more adult focused, I have dancing girls there. Okay. Um, if it was for more kids focused, um, I would have. I, I would I would I would paint the colors uh, red, yellow, and blue all over the mall because more kids would come that way. And we did that with a with a sports complex that we built in Las Vegas, and we had the largest registration of youth hockey in the history of Nevada. Um, wow. And a lot of it had to do with the psychology of the colors there. Sorry to get a little serious there, but that that really would help out. No, no, actually, um, serious is good. We actually try to have some lessons in this. Okay, okay, good. That 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 I think would be really well. Um, I think if I was going to do something, gosh, it's so hard. I would I would have some sort of new technology for people to come and check out. I don't know if you are a wine drinker or not, but if you've seen the bottle of uh, 19 Crimes, uh, the wine company. Yes, yes. That is so flipping cool. I would have technology like that. I'd put in the beacon software so that as you walk by, you can sign up for this stuff and make it so, so that people want to sign up. Like we wanted to go download the app when we passed by the 19 Crimes Winery because you can sh shine your phone in front of the bottle and the, the character starts talking and telling you the story and the history of that person, what they did, who they robbed, who they killed, all this kind of stuff. And it's it's it was really, really cool. What a great marketing experience. I would do something similar like that to attract people inside. Yeah, that was awesome. You just shared it again. What's the name of the wine? 19 Crimes. Yes, it makes it come to life. And I think what you hit upon something really good, and this is actually in a series, it's all about the experience. And if you can create experiences, that's, I think everyone, as everyone's going digital right now, the experience is still winning. For our company, obviously, our baseball teams, it's all about the experience. So I'm very intrigued on the indoor mall because I feel like there's an opportunity to reinvent and make that all about the experience. You know, can I can I elaborate on that? Yeah. <laughs> so so and and this might resonate with with you and your listeners as well because we had mentioned Christopher Lockhead a couple times. The guy's an ingenious for category designs. I mean, came up with CRM for crying out loud. The guy's amazing. Um, but one thing that we're finding is experience is, is kind of a, a a tired word. Yeah. So a lot of people are using experience. We use it in our own uh, Slapshot Studio. Crafting, you know, remarkable brand experiences. When um, we were thinking through this, um, and I think where you're going to see everything in the future move to is more of a conversationally driven platform or interface, CUI, conversational user interface. I think that's where the future is going. But here's the thing: um, we're coming up, and we want to name this new movement. We want to name it A2D, and that's active attention design. So you want to make somebody active. Right. You want to make you want to grab someone's attention. You want to keep their attention and you need to design that strategy. And so I want to really I, I love that you bring up experience because I think experience should be active. I think it should have attention. I think you need to keep their attention. And I think you need to create a design all around that. Um, I absolutely experience. love that. I love that because you're right. Experience is kind of exhausted. I mean, the book by Joseph Pine, The Experience Economy, is many years old at this point. And I love the final word you talk about design, especially with what you do. I just wrote a piece the other day. I haven't put it out there yet, but it's about designing the emotions that your customers want to have. It's not just designing the experience. Design, whether it's joy, surprise, happiness, laughter, whatever it is, and that's with everything. And that's like, you know, literally when they get our tickets from us, they're shaped like bananas and they're not like a typical, every single thing is about the design. Uh, have you done any unique things? We're going off script, which I love. Have you, done, yeah. have you done any unique things with design that has really stood out to create these emotional experiences and pardon me for using the word experience again no 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 everybody knows experience and it's i think it's understood but yes to answer your question we've done a couple things um with regards to um creating this um conversationally driven in, uh in, interface or ex experience for lack of a better word and and we do it through different mechanisms i don't know where we're going to be in the future but i know communication and conversation is going to be around that's always going to be around right um, right now, chatbots are really big medium for that, but it's not the chatbot. It's the experience, the active attention grabbing design 
and comforting the chatbot. And I don't want to get all <laughs> or talk to. I'm trying to trying to be uh, understand and uh, relatable here, and, and so that people understand. But I really think that by creating animated characters that that are intelligent, that can answer people's questions when they want them answered. Um, I think stuff like that is a design that is going to be really moving into the future. And a lot of people are grabbing a hold of that now. Of course, marketers will get a hold of it. And I can say this because I am a marketer. And we're going to crush the heck out of it and, and spam people and all that and try to ruin it. But that's why I think A2D coming in with these CUI standards, these conversational user interfaces, and really, really embracing what, what you're just talking about, the conversation and the design elements of it, to have a, that will differentiate you, um, make you different, category design, right? Yeah, um, the banana peel. I love that. I love that. I could almost see a, an animated banana. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually going to shift to another segment because you, you went going there and I, I listened to your podcast, Categories, Categories, Categories. And it's all about winning now by becoming your own category and developing it from Blue Ocean Strategy, Category of One, Play Bigger. Obviously, Christopher Lockhead talks about it. And I heard you referencing the chatbots. But you know, what category have you been able to define with your business or what category are you shifting to? Uh, great question. We're actually shifting to A to D. Um, it's it's not it's not only different, but it, it doesn't exist yet. Awesome. Um, in in that's the category that we're moving to. It's all about um, finding. And, and Christopher Lockhead is a big thanks and shout out to him because we met with him for a little bit over an hour talking about this, and um, he just gave some great feedback on what is needed. So a lot of people. They need, you know, to figure out. Okay, I want to do this. How do I do it? What are the standards? So we're going to be, we're going to be moving on, on towards that. And, and and what are I mean? Have you seen working with other companies? What are some unbelievable categories that you've seen them define? Ones that you've worked with? Oh my gosh. Um, well, uh, you know what's strange is I have a client and a good friend of mine who ha is a fly fishing guide, um, and. You see, you can go and Google fly fishermen, and they pop up everywhere. But what he's really done different is he oh, is. You know what? He, he he's actually what you just described. He's totally not relatable, and people <laughs> love him. And he curses up a storm, and uh, he ties flies. And I thought that that was really cool how he took his fly guide fishing business, and he. In, and he started his own shop. I've never seen a single person do that. I've seen big companies do it. Yeah. And now he's killing it. He's he's selling his flies all over the world because he's just flicking hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny you said not relatable, but there's a re there's a reality. If someone is not relatable, but they're so bizarre and unique, you're drawn to them because you think, hey, maybe that person's being authentic. Maybe that's who they are, and you just can't stop watching them. And I think so many people try to be someone else, but maybe this crazy fly fisher that curses up the storm, maybe he is relatable because he's not relatable. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I just saw something today. Um, there was a study came out that people that cuss more are more trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the world's changing. All right, so note to self, when I start having kids, teach your kids to curse, curse more. I, I don't trust, little Johnny, I don't trust you unless you're cursing at me. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right, now that we've got into like your whole business model, uh, the A2D and then the categories and everything, let's go into actually story time. The story and this is where some people would actually start the interview, but I believe everyone has a story, but I think very few people actually share it enough to help grow their business. And I'd love to know what's your story. Well, uh, you mean my business story or the personal story here? Either way, what, what story do you use or do you think that you've been able to use to help grow your business or just grow in, or just grow in general? What story do you use that's a part of you? Or is there a story that you're not using that much? Yeah, well, you know, there's... There's the story that you know the the old okay this is this is who we are and uh, you know we we build brand you know websites and chatbots and you know we're a collective of storytellers strategists and designers from all around the world and we yeah. partner with ambitious you know you can do all that stuff yeah. but I think I think what my strong point is here is the fact that I really love meeting people and I love introducing people to other people the whole networking thing and I. I hate saying network. It kind of makes it sound, you know, less 
uh, uh, I don't know. It just, just less. Yes. <laughs> I just, I just, I really love meeting new people with similar belief system and, and passions. And if I can introduce someone to somebody else and you can see that relationship flourish and, and it really helps solve a problem, uh, from one of the two parties involved or help someone come up with an amazing solution that to me, um, is, is amazing. And, and that, that is that story of me getting out there and being able to introduce people to one another. That's my, uh, that's the story that I like to convey. I and that's it. why I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can nail, nail off our, our brand mantra and stuff like that. But to me, that's just not, that's not my personal calling. On no, and that's not you. And I think the word you didn't use, but it, what the word you are is you're a connector. And I think so few people <sighs> now, a connector is such an important thing and for every business. And I've noticed that just started doing this podcast. The more people that you connect, it's just an amazing thing that happens. And that's actually, you're giving some great segues, Jamie. So you, we're going to go into relationship time. This sounds like therapy and it could be, but what, what you wrote recently, I saw this building relationships is the key to success and podcasting is the best distribution channel to accomplish that. Can you elaborate mm. on that? Yeah. Um, what we're doing now, um, thankfully, we were introduced, I think we were introduced by Anthony. Um, and I just I just love the fact that if, if it weren't for podcasting, uh, you and I may have never met. If it wasn't for podcasting, I would have never met, you know, the people that you mentioned that I talked to on my show. And if it wasn't for podcasting, I would have never had the businesses that I have today when I started three years ago. So I think it's just amazing um, opportunity to get to learn about somebody because you're spending half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, getting to learn the ins and outs of someone on the line that you would have probably, like you and I, we, you know, passed on the street. You're not going to sit there and go, hey, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, what do you do? You know, <laughs> I just love podcasting for that, that, that thing. And here's the other cool thing about podcasting and podcasters in specific, uh, specifically is that we are so apt to help someone else out. Yeah. It could be a competitive uh, podcast, I, I, you know, but there really is, in my opinion, no competing podcast. Yeah. And if I can find guests for somebody that was on my show that would be great for another show, I would do it in a heartbeat. And they, so many people would reciprocate in kind. It's amazing. And, you know, it's really in a short time. And I've been on other podcasts before and I've been guests on podcasts. But since putting it on, you realize how amazing the community is. And the one thing I think I agree with you 100%, it's about growing yourself but also growing relationships. And every 30 or 45 minutes that happens, which is really mm. – you can't get a better ROI on anything in my opinion. No way. So, mm -mm. All, right, all right, good. So we like what we do, which is good. <laughs> now we're, now we're going to get into a game and get a little weird. It is Price is Right. And I'm gonna actually going to go a sports focus, but a focus on hockey for you, all right? And it's basically, oh, you, you got to guess the dollar value or the dollar number here, but with Price is Right, you got to come up uh, underneath. So I'm going to start with just over-encompassing sports right now. A fascinating statistic I just found. How much do Americans spend on sporting events every year now? Oh, boy, I would have uh, – uh, uh, in, in a given year or yes. just at a specific event? A given year. In a given year. Okay, I would have – oh, man. Well, we're big sporting enthusiasts, so we might spend a little bit more than normal, but – This is uh, actually, actually overall encompassing, so it's not just like a family. I'm talking about like everybody. Oh, holy. Yeah, you would have been really short. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh uh, I don't know, a billion? <laughs> I, I love how you tried to actually come up with like a, like a real answer. That was, that was impressive. Uh, yes, you, you were definitely underneath, but you were underneath by 55 billion. It was 56 billion, how much American spend, that's worth. So you, you, you officially lost that one. All right, we'll go to this next one. The oh, I didn't go over. Yeah, yeah, you stayed under. That was good. The average cost of four to go to an NFL game. I, I say, say one more time. The average cost of a family of four to go to an NFL game. Oh, geez. Uh, $1,200. Bucks. Wow. No, it's, it's actually $500. See, I saw $500. I was like, that's staggering. But $1,200 is, is crazy. Wow. wow. All right. Now we're into hockey. We're going to get to your sweet spot. The most valuable hockey team, who is it and how much is it worth? The most valuable hockey team, who is it and how much are they worth? Yes. Well, the most valuable hockey team right now is probably going to be, I hate to say this, the Chicago Blackhawks. They're, uh, they're actually underneath this one, but that was a good guess. Oh, really? Well, then, um, who is it the most valuable? Oh, Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe. 
New York, New York Rangers. Do you have a guess on the dollar amount? Oh, I have no idea. That, that blows me away. They're always less expensive, but they suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the New York City market in Madison Square Garden probably. $1.2 billion. All right, so we're going to uh-huh. final two NHL questions. The average salary in the NHL is this amount. The average salary, about uh, 900000 2.9 million is the average salary. So you are, you are finishing under, but I, I don't think you can win this. All right, finally, the highest paid players in the NHL, and they're actually both on the same team. So you don't need to guess the players. I'll give them to you, but what do you think their salary is? Oh, uh, well, it caps out at 12 million. It, it, well, it must be bonus and incentive, but the, the, what I just found was 13.8 million for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taos. Taves, yep. Okay, the Blackhawks. All right, but that was pretty good. You were right on. I'm going to give you credit for that one, uh, but you, <laughs> you did officially lose Price is Right, so let's move on to more of the sweet spot. <laughs> but good effort, Jamie. All right, now another game solely designed for you. It's called the Penalty Box. All right? Awesome. Give me a time in your life that you were stuck. What got you back into the game? Huh. Well, see, we're having so much fun, and then, and then if I if I talk about that, it gets dark. <laughs> <laughs> we we can mix in the fun and the real. I mean, that's what's good. Uh, oh man, well, um, you know, I've been really um, open with my past, so uh, I was probably probably the 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 biggest. There's there's one or two things that was the most sticking for me. Uh, one of them was uh, being homeless, um, and. Um, I remember we were sleeping in the back of the Suburban when I was a kid. Uh, my dad had gone and uh, lost his job and uh, did some bad stuff. And um, we were stuck living in the, in the Suburban. And I had to go and get a job at McDonald's. And I remember I was supporting the family in, in Anaheim, California. And uh, I remember my mom and brother would come through the drive-thru and my brother would order his 20 chicken McNuggets. I'd put like 39 of them in there because that's how many I could fit in there. Uh. And and give them the chicken McNuggets, and I was really proud to be able to uh, to share um, with that. And I think that particular moment right there, that particular time where I was in a position to um, feed my my little brother and my ma, it was uh, life changing. And I wanted to get that feeling on a bigger level and be able to give back in, uh, at a different in you know, a different way, which I continue to do t- so today. That's amazing. Now, how long were you homeless, and how old were you? I was 16, um, my little brother was 14, and we were probably homeless for, I don't know, three months, four months, um, and we, we would we would save up enough money to stay in the old Pitcairn Motel on, on, on uh, uh, what's the, Harbor uh, Boulevard in Anaheim, California, right by uh, Disneyland, and, and back in the day, when I was there in the 80s, uh, that was not a good place. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the Pitcairn place, you know, there's, oh, it was really bad. It was hookers and drug dealers and all that. And, wow. and uh, yeah, it was really bad. So I can appreciate, you know, having a nice home and roof over my head and, and uh, a caring family. And is that, so, is that really, like you said, where you learned really to, to give back and the importance of giving? Oh, my gosh. I'll, I'll never forget that. I can, I can, I can, oh. I can totally picture it right now. Um, how what a good feeling that was! Like, hey, I'm I've been working, and this may not seem significant to most people. You know, a lot of people can go get a box of McNuggets, but for from where we came from to being able to do what I did at that moment for my brother and mom was just amazing. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. It's just so funny because you look at people and they're just like, oh, my day's terrible, and it's like, what happened? Like, you know, someone didn't call you when they were supposed to, or you aren't <laughs> feeling good. You know, it's just amazing, and I, and I think that that, that gives great gratitude. Uh, you know, uh, thanks for sharing. That's excellent. All right, now we're going back from that now to. A crazy fun moment and it's awesome another new segment i'm just trying everything out with you jamie i thought with the sweet i thought with the beard and just your background (laughs) let's get crazy Um, and and here here with the marketing background i want to have fun with this it's called the idea box and i like you we could both share some crazy ideas either things we've done or that we want to do so we can go back and forth here i'll share something that i did back in uh, high school Uh, me and 29 of my friends uh, friends, acquaintances, we went Thanksgiving caroling. So instead of Christmas caroling, <clears throat> on Thanksgiving, we went to all houses and we found songs that had a Thanksgiving twist to them and sang them on front lawns. And the amount of confused faces was great. And we've only done it once, but I think we should bring Thanksgiving <laughs> caroling back. So that's one crazy idea. What's something that crazy that you have done? We'll go back and forth here. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't think I've ever done anything that, that crazy. Um, 
Uh, I, I, yeah, uh, maybe racing motorcycles, jumping over a big river moat. That was probably pretty crazy. I broke my collarbone. <laughs> All right, so we're causing pain. What about a crazy? <laughs> what about a crazy idea you've done in marketing sense? Something that you've shared? Crazy. Okay, a crazy idea in marketing. Um. Jeez. Well, I think the crazy. <laughs> I, the crazy idea in marketing was starting my own business. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know that's probably the lamest thing you could possibly think of saying, but very few people do that. So that is, that is pretty crazy for a lot of people. So <laughs> excellent. And, but do you still look for those unique ideas to use instead of do the same trend, the same things? Do you always look for, say, Hey, this will make your marketing stand out. This will make you more remarkable. I mean, how, how do, you, oh. do you still look for those? And what have you, what have you found? All the time. Um, I, I, that's probably one of my biggest challenges, I would think, because I'm always uh, I get I get bored with the same old, same old, and I need to be challenged with new and different ideas. And if we can't figure out uh, if if we get a new and different idea, it motivates me because now I have to challenge myself and figure something out. Uh, but it's also on the flip side, uh, uh, it could be construed as a bad or negative thing because. Um, you know, I get bored with things easy and I love, I love maybe moving on maybe sometimes prematurely before I should, before I really actually fulfill all the obligations to the, you know, whatever I was working on before. So I think that's one of my biggest challenges and I proved it by taking an Enneagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I mentioned the idea box, but we actually have it in our business where we have boxes <laughs> and where people put the craziest ideas, whatever we have. And we come up with bizarre things, but I think every business should continue to think of ideas as currency and it's so important to grow and like I have things that we haven't done and even things that aren't related to business like I talked Thanksgiving and then I thought about Christmas and I was like I get so many Christmas cards of people's families you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go on Facebook and actually get pictures of people and their families and send them a Christmas card of their own family <laughs> you know what they're gonna love it yeah because it's gonna be like the best Christmas card ever all right <laughs> But, That's fantastic. Well, for whatever ideas you don't use, please send them my way. I'm sure they're probably brilliant. You know, but, but, and a lot of them are crazy. A lot of them don't work. But, you know, I think that's, I think that's something important. And I think we're going to keep this segment in there because I think ideas are so important. And I think the reality is whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And everyone tries to do the same things or follow suit mm. or compete. Find what's normal and do the opposite because normal gets normal results. And uh, so thanks for having fun with Idea Box. I know you're going to have some after this podcast and you're going to start like, t- you know, sending me emails like, what about this idea? And then I'll put those, I'll put those in the show notes. I know it. All right. We're moving up. We're moving on for that one. I'm going to make this, this is a, a simplify one. So simp- I believe simplifying things is very important. You obviously did that with your new, uh, your way you're going into uh, you know, active attention and design. What's, what do you think is the most important word in business? Oh, what's the most important word in business? That is a flipping good question. Yeah, I guess I'm brutal. I'm being brutal right now. Oh, um, the most important word in business is, um, geez, I, you, I, I don't want to say trust or um, anything like that. While well, honesty and all that stuff and transparency is all big, but that's not the most important. I don't think. What, I about, think, what about most important word for you? Maybe that you, that you think about. Um, I, I can't think of the word, but it's like, keep going. Okay. Um, I love that. I, uh, it, it, that's two words, but I'm trying to think of a word. It starts with a P that would be my word, but I can't think of it right now. You got me on the spot. Persistence. Persistence. Thank you. All right. Persistence. Love it. That's a great word right there. Excellent. Hey, Jamie, I think we're doing well. We are halfway done, and you are just winning right now. So, all right. We're going to go into love it or leave it. And I'm, I'm going to basically, at this point, I'm going to give different ideas. It's going to be a marketing advertising focus, and you need to say either you love it and or that you leave it. So, for instance, if I give something that's like, oh, I think that's going to do continue to do well, or let's, I wouldn't market that way anymore. Are you ready? Okay. All right. I love this. TV advertising. No. What, what's that? No. Leave no, it. leave it. Uh, magazines. Leave it. Radio. <sighs> uh, that's borderline, but I would say leave it. Instagram. Oh, yes. Billboards. Mm, leave it. Facebook. Yes. Direct mail. Leave it. Uh, emails. E-newsletters. Uh, I would say leave it in six months. All right, good, good question. <laughs> Snapchat. Uh, 
Yes. Um, and what about influencers? Heard a lot about these. Finding people on whether Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and using them for marketing. Yes. All right. And finally, podcasts. 100% yes. <laughs> that would have been bad. Beautiful. That was good. That was the fastest love it or leave it ever. And I think everyone should listen to that because there's some important pieces in there. And I think people are still so stuck on TV and billboards and other things. And uh, you're on. Excellent. Jamie, that was great, man. I love it. All right. You're winning. All right. Power of podcasting. What are some of the most important lessons you've learned from podcasting and your guests? Publish consistency. Ask open-ended questions listen to their answers before responding and have fun love it awesome perfect all right now different strokes what's one thing about business that you that you look at differently than other people oh my gosh um i i look at well i don't know this because i've never asked people but in my opinion one thing that i look at business that differently than other people is how it affects others. And I mean that in two ways. How does this affect my team and how does this affect my clients? Um, what, and when I say this, I mean my actions, what I do, what I say, things like that. That's great. That's excellent. All right, let's get into a little bit of debate here. I'm wrong. very intrigued on this. Artificial intelligence and all those Alexas out there and everything as we're moving <clears> forward, <throat> I want to get your thought on how that's going to be used in business. And I'd like to go back and forth a little bit here. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's going to it's gonna be a huge thing in business right now. Uh, Gary Vee is already on uh, Alexa um, for uh, podcasting. I mean, you can go and, and download a couple minutes and listen to his show. Um, right now, you can go out there and, and get on Alexa right now. I think it's going to be jammed up pretty soon, so wow. better hop right now. But stuff like that is going to – I think that is amazing. Now, the downside of, of AI, at least right now, is too many people are using it as a term that they believe is artificial intelligence. We're not there yet with regards to conversationally driven uh, implementation of AI. We're just not there. Yeah. They, it, you cannot get a robot. Uh, they don't understand context yet. So a lot of people that are using AI misrepresent the term AI. Now, there could be like AI first generation or AI with this. There is certain limited intelligence that can be you know, used in this medium. But you have to be really careful when you talk about artificial intelligence and where it is right now with regards to contextual relationships. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you can't run away from it. It's going to be here. Like if you, oh, ran, no. if, you, if you ran away from, you know, Facebook, social media, you'd be in trouble. But I, I think it's scary in the sense that it, it, it's almost connecting but disconnecting people more. I mean, I, I've been hearing stories about kids literally ordering extra groceries off Alexa and their parents not knowing. And they're, they're forming relationships, the kids, with Alexa, which, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, um, uh, I just went to Inbound in Boston this year, uh, put on by HubSpot, and there was a stat that by 2020, more people online will have conversations with bots than they will with other humans. Crazy. Unbelievable. Um, but that's, that that, is, that's not good. That, that, I, see, I, mean, that, that, I don't think that's good. That's not good for society. Okay, so, well, see, I... I, I don't know. See, and, and this whole thing about the kids, I'll go back to that question real fast about them doing stuff. Yeah, they're going to have to have parental, uh, um, you know, uh, allowances for their kids and all, all that kind of stuff. And, hey, they're only going to be allowed to say this and this because we were on a call the other day and one of my friends was like, hey, Alexa, buy a thousand of my books. And my friend's Alexa was on, you know, of course, it's not going to go through. But he's like, stop doing that, man. It's my <laughs> five thousand books. Now, um as far as those conversationally driven um, uh, or the communication um, and, and conversations in the future that are automated with bots, um, I might have to disagree with you a little bit there. Yeah. Wherein I think that um, I think it's a good thing because the communications that I'm talking about in the future is more customer service, more follow up, more instructional. Um, people simply don't have the time um, or the wherewithal to be on task 100%, 24-7. Um, it's just, it's basically impossible. So I agree with you. So I actually agree with you in that sense. And like I use Evernote constantly. And if I can now have mm. to take care of stuff or whatever, I agree. What I'm worried about, I think from a customer service, you can win the game by doing that. But I think from a, a disengagement, I think it's scary. I just think it needs to be monitored. 
Okay, you and I are on the same page that way. As far as as you know, get out there and talk to other humans. Yes, you know, <laughs> keep that going, please. Um, and it was, I, I saw a stat twelve in in the year twenty seventy five or twenty seventy seven. I forget what it was. One in six people walking around will be artificial. Oh, jeez. You know what's gonna be so funny? In about three years, if we're going still going strong with our podcast, it'll be like today's guest is the chatbot from Amazon. Like, <laughs> Like, that's literally going to be our guest. And then, Please like, welcome Alexa. You're going to get a fucking million downloads. That's what's going to happen. You're going to start doing chatbots from big companies. They was like, oh, well, sorry, the founder can't be available, but the chatbot will do the talking for you. Watch it. It's going to happen, Jamie. Oh, I guarantee. And, and Google Home is going to be there all pissed off that Alexa's getting the spotlight. Yeah, 100%. And they'll, they'll battle it out. All right. This was a great debatable. I, I enjoyed this. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, now I'm going to do something. You're going to be the host. You've done numerous podcasts you've run it for up so i'm gonna give you one minute maybe two minutes max to flip the script you're the host now of business done differently and you can ask me anything oh my gosh thank you so much for having me on on your show <laughs> um the, i i want to know um what how did you come up with the idea for the format of this show Oh, that's a great idea. Well, so we sat down for a long time, me and some of my creatives. So with our baseball team, we bring on people that aren't with baseball. We bring in people in theater, improv. We bring in performers, singers, dancers. That's why like our first base coach is a break dancer who literally does the moonwalk in the middle of the game. And so <laughs> I, I think one of the best things in, in my book coming out, I'm writing about this, is you got to surround yourself with people outside of your industry. So I get around these creative people and I say, guys, we can't be the same podcast. And you know, we couldn't think of it. We couldn't come up with it. But someone came to me, provided a lot of value, uh, and started producing my show. And I said, he goes, I've seen what you do. You're all about the entertainment. You're all about the show. We can't just have a typical interview show. We got to go from games to games, make it interactive, make it fun. So when the guest leaves, they actually had a good experience. It wasn't just the regular typical interview question. So I, I, we're on our way. But the thing what we do is I, I believe so much in small bets that we're, we're trying out new segments every day and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So your show will be dramatically different than a show five from now. So, but I think that's how you learn, but that was a great question. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, then I have a great follow-up question from that. Um, what got you into podcasting? Uh, I've been loving it. So basically I became, when I joined the industry way back in the 10, 11 years ago, I came into a baseball team that was failing. I mean, absolutely failing. Uh, no money, $100,000 loss, only 200 fans coming. And I realized the only way that I could be successful is if I learned everything. So I started going to every conference, reading every book I could. And then as soon as podcasts came out, and I really got into them a few years ago, I literally start every morning when I do a long run and I listen to one or two podcasts. So I got obsessed with the idea of learning. I said, you know what? I'm entertaining. And you know, with the Savannah Bananas, We've sold out 32 straight games, 4,000 people. I'm on the field doing a circus, you know, doing crazy things that I thought the idea of, putting, <laughs> of doing this on a show uh, would be a great, great thing. And also, uh, you know, I just I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people. And as you mentioned, the one thing I love about you is that you're a connector and you're so open to sharing real stuff. And that's how you build relationships. So that's why this has become a, a win-win. So that was good question, oh, man. Gosh. Great question. All right, thanks. You you want you want to flip the script? You know, it's one of those things. It's like it's so. All right, now time for Jesse's ego. Let's ask him questions. So, yeah, that, that's why that, that, that's why I make this show really weird. All right, we're gonna move on now. All right, and I'm staying with with, with the ego because I do wear a bright yellow tuxedo. We're going to curious, I love it. curious George. I own six of them, by the way, and um, they uh, I have a great tailor who makes it fit well, but. Because they usually cost they cost forty four dollars at brightcolortuxedos.com. Um, the only return. Oh my there. gosh! Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> so so they, they need some tailoring to say the least. But all right, so it's called Curious Curious George. What are you curious about in business right now? I'm curious to see where the future is going to go with regards to technology. Um, it's moving so quickly right now. I think we're on the verge of. Uh, you know, we we have the the social media and and all that. Where what's what's the next one? I mean, is it is it the death of email? And if so, what will replace that? I'm just really curious to see. Um, kind of, I, I hear the rumblings, you know, the whispers, yeah. and I just want to see what's going to happen. And, and you know what I love about that is everyone is in such a search to get more emails and build your email list and build your email list. You know what? It may not exist in the same form in three four years ago, and you built this huge list that you can't even really communicate with them anymore. 
Which exactly. Is what you <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> All right. So on, on that note, tool time, which I just picture yourself going to old school home improvement right now. Um, what tool do you use every day in your business? I know from a market sense, I'd love to share some tool that's, that's a little different. You know, what tool you're using or what do you think is an important tool moving forward in your business toolbox? Well, thanks to our brand architect, Jared Angasov, we use Redbooth and, uh, and I live and die by it. So it opens when my computer turns on, it shuts off when my computer turns off, and my whole team uses it for project management. So what is Redbooth exactly? Redbooth is a project management tool. Okay. Uh, so we can uh, track all of our jobs and our conversations and get updates with the team because we all work remotely and there's 14 of us. So okay. it's a really good way to manage our projects. I love it. Outstanding, love it. All right, now it's called Yellow Mellow. So everyone talks about like the perfect mornings. I want to know about your perfect evening. After a full day, working hard, what do you do to kind of relax and wind down after a, a long day? Well, I wish I could do this more, unfortunately, but it would be play hockey because um, I, I love it. Uh, I, if I can go play hockey, oh, man, it takes my mind off of everything. And, and it's, it's action. It's, it's, it's work, but it, oh, it's so relaxing when you're done. You don't think about anything else except for being on the ice. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you know what? There's a great thing. We have a great guest come up. Uh, Charlie Holland, is, uh, he wrote the book Play It Away and all about the importance of playing. And that's one of the best ways to uh, take away stress is playing. And uh, yep. so I, I get it. We actually go, we play catch on the field. I invite people to actually play catch with me for meetings instead and to go to the batting cages at the stadium. Uh, I, oh, nice. Yeah, I get it. That's awesome. We'll look at putting a hockey rink in so we can get you down to a game. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it'll work well in Savannah, but we'll, we'll look into that. All right. <laughs> now uh, to magic moment, and I love this because I feel every day people need to have moments. In a great book by Chip and Dan Heath, The Power of Moments, just came out. It's so important, whether you're in a business or to have these great moments that you can create. And that's all we try to do with our business. Tell me a moment that you'll never forget that stood out for you. I think the moment that stood out for us in business. Yeah, in, yeah, in business or in general. I mean, any. It can be. I mean, people have talked about. I've heard a lot of personal moments, which is fine. That's great. It could be any moment. Yeah, I think a moment in particular that stood out for us is is, um, and it happens quite a bit. Um, we meet with the team every week, and we. What's really nice is I think if it's, if I talk about collection of moments, um, most of our ideas spawn from this meet or spawn in this meeting and it's a chance for we don't talk business at all we simply talk about what's going on in our lives what made us happy that past week and we try to find solutions based on the happiness that we experienced in our lives to share with others and i know that may sound cheesy but i no. tell you that's a it's a big moment for us it's really really a special time oh that's outstanding i, I think so many few people don't do don't do that as much they don't celebrate the happiness you know even when you have something great happen it's like move on to the next thing and you need yeah. to talk about it, celebrate i love that oh that's awesome Beautiful. Now, moving from that, from the, the culture now to out, outstanding service. Now, this is called now, that's what I call service. What's your best personal customer uh, service experience? Um, well, I, I'm going to preface this with saying um, the probably the best customer service experience has been our most challenging customer service experience. And, and that's where you really, really get to test <laughs> who you are as a person and who you are as a company. Um, I just saw this uh, uh, posted the other day somewhere on, I think my girlfriend actually shared it with me and, she, and said, hey, no matter if you're happy um, or mad at me right now, at one point we were really, really happy. Um, and and things things happen in business and that is, that is business. There are disagreements and things like that. And, and I think that being able to handle negative situations in a positive way um, is really, really powerful from a customer service uh, point of view. It's really difficult not to get mad sometimes. And if you can be the bigger person in the conversation and just be understanding and let someone else vent, um, I think that from a customer service standpoint will, will uh, come back in dividends to you. Yeah, and it's, it's hard when someone's, when someone's venting, it's hard to take it. But uh, I think oh. that, uh, it, it's superpowers, if I can have two superpowers, it's like uh, eliminate worrying and then give people thicker skin. You know, thicker skin and eliminate worrying. Oh. Those two things. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm with you on the worrying. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It happens a lot. Uh, I'm going to go this one. This one's uh, for you too. Uh, you know, it's called virtual insanity. Virtual insanity. 
going back to the old school song with Jamiroquai. I, I've seen you talk a little bit about hiring virtual assistants you're around them. Can you kind of give your little spiel on uh, not just virtual reality, but actually virtual assistants and how you've worked with it and how it can help businesses? Oh my gosh, uh, 100% love it. I've been sourcing VA since 2007. Uh, we helped stop the bottleneck with bottleneck.online, uh, my little plug there. Uh, but yeah, with since I've hired a virtual assistant, it's drastically improved uh, my productivity. Um, talk about getting rid of some of the worry. Holy cow, yeah. it's so many people get caught up in the mundane details of the day, they don't get to explore their creativity and they don't get to do things uh, to get out there and connect with people and talk to people and do the things that business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, marketers should be doing. And so with a VA, get rid of all the tasks that just give you no energy and task that to a, a virtual assistant. Not only that, the cost is, you know, less about half of what you could find for someone, you know, in person at the office. You know, it's 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 amazing. And you know, it's great. And I think a lot of people need to pay attention to this. It's the listening, but it's also listening to passion in someone's voice. I, you just got so excited talking about it that you could tell you're passionate about you believe in it. And I think a lot of times when people are trying to talk to you about something, if they're passionate about it, you could sense it in their tone, their energy. Mm. You should probably listen <laughs> because they're, they're, they're right on. So that was that was awesome, Jamie. Excellent. Now, uh, can I can I yeah. put one more thing there? Yeah. And this will really help people out. Yeah. Um, for people that are working in their businesses and stuff, and this was thank you to Scott Beebe for sharing this with me. Uh, this is huge. I recommend doing something as it was the last time you're ever going to do it. And what that means is if you're doing something in your business and it's a day to day thing, write down the steps in that as if it was the last time you're going to do it. So that way, if you do plan on bringing somebody on, you can share the method and the strategies and the and the wherewithal for how you take care of business so that it's done in a very similar way that you do it so that that will relieve your stress stress forever better. Outstanding. And Scott Beebe is an amazing person. He's actually the one that connected us. He's down in Bluffton, South Carolina, right next to us in Savannah. We've developed a great relationship. But boy, he's got, there we go. he's got a purpose what he's doing and, and he had great things to say about you. So excellent. Now, Jamie, we're almost at the final segment, but I'm going to do the first time. I'm going to give you a choice on a, two questions. All right. You can either choose remarkable or fail and tell. So remarkable is, you know, give me something that's remarkable to you today because you use that word. And then the other one is fail and tell. Give me one recent failure that happened in your business and you learned from. So you can either choose one of those. Uh, How about remarkable? All right. If it was remarkable failure, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, I can do a remarkable failure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Whatever, whatever, you, whatever you want to go with. It's, it's your show today. I'm just making, I'm just breaking the rules. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going against the grain, right? So whatever I should be doing, I do the opposite. Like there's a format to the show, anyways. You know, choose whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I would say something that is remarkable um, that happened to me this year was meeting Jared Ungaza and uh, Peter Lasoski. Those two people are the ideas and, and that they come up with is just it's remarkable. It, it blows me away. And the way that they I, I, Jared Ngaza, I, I, I call he he's a wordsmith, but I, I call what he does Ngazian in nature because it's just amazing what he comes up with. And then from the tech world and seeing where the future is and what's going on, uh, I look to Peter Lasoski. Those two people are just completely remarkable, uh, in my opinion. And of course, I'd be remiss without mentioning my girlfriend, Sarah. She's incredibly remarkable. Outstanding. Keep giving it back, man. Going, oh, I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> now we're going to go the last two seconds. And this could be the final segment. This is called Survivor Challenge. I ask completely subjective questions based on my your opinion, and if I like the answer, we move on. If I don't, the show's over right there. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I, I've actually never ended the show, so it's really everyone survived so far. All right. Uh, what is your favorite podcast? Favorite podcast? Uh, that would have to be Legends and Losers. Okay, great. With Christopher Lockhead. Favorite hockey team? Washington Capitals. Favorite player? Uh, Alexander Ovechkin. Okay, good. All right. Favorite either musician or band? Favorite band? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, Modest Mouse, maybe? Or or, uh, Modest Yahoo? Okay. Ooh, nice. Going old school. I like that. All right. Favorite restaurant? Oh, boy. Uh, It would be Caesar's Old Mexican restaurant here locally. Caesar's Old Mexican. And where's that? 
It's in Springfield, Missouri. Okay, sounds fantastic. All right, and favorite book? Favorite book? Oh, Play Bigger. Play that was easy. Jeez, you're on easy. All right, and I'll fi- <laughs> final one right here. This depends where we go on. Favorite color? Uh, green. All right. Again, the show is now over. He did not choose the right color. The show is the, you know, no one's got this right. Literally looking directly at a guy in a yellow tuxedo. It is just wrong. Again, it's amazing. You know, I gave it out there. All right. Again, I never actually stopped the show. I'll continue it uh, with, the, with, with the final four. These are the final four questions. Uh, love to finish with these. Jamie, what's something that you've done differently in your life to stand out? Um, integrate my passion for hockey into my business. Oh, that's awesome. That's very unique. I love it. Excellent. What do you think makes someone stand out in business and in life? Uh, being themselves. Perfect. Great. <laughs> Best advice you've ever received? Don't quit. Keep fighting from Reed Lowe from the St. Louis Blues. Oh, nice. Keep fighting. Love it. And Jamie, finally, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone that was uh, that had a good heart, was honest, and uh, did what they said they were going to do. Outstanding, Jamie. This was awesome, man. You, you. I would say I always say people can either pass or fail, but you passed with flying colors, man. Uh, definitely still the best beard ever to be on the show. And, and, uh, <laughs> No, seriously, it was a lot of fun. I love how you mixed in business. We had, we had some hockey into it, and uh, it was great. Is there anything you'd like to leave the guests with? I, didn't leave I just, the listeners, yeah. Yeah, no, I, thank you so much for having me on, and thanks for this incredible format. This has been refreshing uh, to be talking with you. You have so much energy, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. The time flew by. Outstanding. I know you have a few things going on. You got, you got a mastermind coming up, a three-day MBA. You've got a lot of things. Any of those you'd like to share? Sure. Yeah, we have a new mastermind. Uh, We're combining life and brand, and it's called the Life Brand Collective. It's a mastermind that that Jared and myself started. We literally are just launching it. You can find out more at lifebrandcollective.com. And then we're doing an event in April in St. Louis. Uh, We're taking people all the way through the process of uh, starting a business, running a business, marketing the business, and and uh, you know how to protect yourself financially, legally, uh, bookkeeping, all that kind of cool stuff. That's going to be April 17th through 19th in St. Louis, Missouri. And you can find out more by going to three, the number three day MBA for masters of business academy.net. Outstanding. This is the first event that you're slightly excited and scared about. Really scared, really <laughs> excited. Outstanding. And, and again, everyone, I, I tell you this, one of the best podcasts I've listened to, it's with Jamie, Stop Riding the Pine. It's an amazing podcast. Check it out. Anyone else, uh, any other ways they can connect with you, Jamie? Uh, no, you can pretty much Google Jamie J. And I uh, beat out the senior Jamie J recently on Google, so that was nice. And uh, man, I- anytime you want to come on the show, please, you have an open-ended invitation. Uh, thanks a lot, Jay. It was a pleasure having you, my man. Thank you. Today, we learned even more about how to think differently. Sometimes in life, professional is boring and weird wins. So thanks for listening. And remember, the world needs more people being different. So whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Be different, stand out, have fun, and enjoy the show. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.